This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Good morning. Oh, it's Monday, 11.30 a.m., 94.1, Wave 94, and it's called Escape. We are going through a lot now. Uh, prices are crazy. Um, <clears throat> everyone's sick with something. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, the news you can't really look at or hear on the radio. So we all feel the desire to escape. And where will we escape to? I'm saying escape to heaven. You're listening to Servant Marcia, Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. And I bring a word today. It's difficult to escape if you are not being a faithful servant, a faithful believer, a faithful wife to our God, a faithful uh, church that's becoming the bride. So if you are not practicing faithfulness to the Lord, then how can you escape? So God wants us to realize that many of us today, we love God, but guess what? We love little gods, too. We love a lot of other gods in addition to the creator God. Now, some of those gods that we love could be sports, tradition, religion, bail, family, uh, uh, witchcraft, sex, money, social position, and then even Greek gods. So we have all of these little G's in front of or in addition to the creator God that made heaven and earth that uh, loved this world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. At some point, the almighty God will express that he is not pleased with the way how you love him. And at that point, he will actually depart your life. And when God leaves your life, then grace, his presence, his mercy, his loving kindness also leaves your life. And that puts you and I in an awful, awful position because all of a sudden we're in despair. We're suicidal. We're sad. Uh, evil and unclean spirits are everywhere in our lives. Things are being taken away from us. We're confused. We're lost. We're in fear. We're in affliction and finally death. But it was not our destiny to land there. So loving other gods in addition to the creator God means that we have become harlots. That means we are practicing 
being a whorish person. Now, those words sound pretty harsh coming through the Christian radio station, but we're going to go to the Bible in Hosea. The Lord himself told his prophet to go and take a wife of whoredom. That means go find a prostitute, a whore, and marry her and have children with her because the land Israel had committed great whoredom departing from the Lord. And you and I can also be guilty of this because when you have other gods besides the creator God, some of those gods are going to take place, take first place in your life without you realizing it. You'll start doing anything to have a man in your life and you'll violate uh, the things that God has asked you to do, like not to have intercourse and intimacy until you're married. You'll forget about that because your desire to have a physical presence of someone with you is greater than your desire to be obedient to the Lord. And we'll do that in many instances. We'll take jobs and positions that we know are going to be in conflict without time that we give unto the Lord. Again, that is whoredom. And so here's what the Lord said in Hosea. Then God said um, she had a baby and the name of the child was uh, Lorohaba. And the Lord said, Call him. Uh, she, she weaned that child off and had another one. And the second uh, son, the Lord told the prophet, call his name Lohamin, for you are not my people and I will not be your God. I just told you that. After a certain length of uh, and time and volume of whoredom, then God himself looks at you in disgust and he turns away from you. And this, and then you have a new name. You're no longer called a child of the living king. And there's a lot of confusion there. You know, a lot of people think, oh, uh, God made me so I'm his child. No, 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 no. That's not what the Bible say. There's a part in the Bible where it talks about if you're his child, you're obedient. Yes, you are created by God. You are a creation of God, but his child, God's child exhibits that he is God's child or she is God's child by the level of obedience, which indicates love of God. So no, you are not God's child simply because you are created by God. For some people, that's a new concept. The truth is always shocking. So let's go further because this is from the word of God. God said, you are not my people. I will not be your God. And even though the number, so you could be abundant, right? You, I mean, looking, glancing around, you say, well, God don't care. I mean, he's fine. I'm fine. I like what I'm doing. And you look around and you got a beautiful home and children and cars and great job and wealth and investment and just seems like everything is fine. But look at it from God's perspective, okay? Uh, Hosea, first chapter, verse number 10, it says, yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And it shall come to pass that in that place where it was said unto them, you are not my people. There shall be said unto them, you are the sons of the living God. So there could be a moment where you think that you really are a child of God because you are measuring 
that by the abundance that you have. But if you're not being obedient to the Lord and you're not really serving him, but you're trying to do a mixture, you know, sometimes in the Lord treats that as uh, being lukewarm because you got two things going on. And in Revelation, he said, I'll spit you out. So um, the Lord told the prophet, he said, look, go plead with your mother, plead with her because she's not my wife and I'm not her husband. Uh, let her therefore be put away. Her uh, put her away because her whoredoms uh, I need it out of my sight. Her adulteries from between her breasts, lest I strip her naked and set her as in the day that she was born and make her as a wilderness. Set her like a dry land and slay her with thirst. Look at God. He's he can get angry when you continue to serve him and other little G gods. And you will wonder, how did I get in this place of nothingness? And I've had this experience. I thank God for his grace and his mercy. Amen. So it can happen right when you think that I'm on the verge of becoming a millionaire. And next week, everything is gone. Why? Maybe you did not have God as the God and the only God of your life. Amen. So here's what God will do. He'll strip you naked. He'll make you like a wilderness. He'll set you in a very, he'll make you, nothing about you will prosper like a dry land, slay you with thirst, will not have mercy upon your children. And he'll treat your children like they are children of whoredom. Why? For their mother have played the harlot. Okay, and she said she will go after her many lovers and uh, therefore God say, I will hedge up thy way with thorns. I'll make a wall that she shall not find her past. So that's the state of confusion. She'll follow after her lovers, but she shall not overtake them. So all of a sudden, the man, the woman that you could not live without. Now you've made them your God because you chose to follow after them instead of following after the word of God. And so here's what God does. He'll say, fine, then you want that. You'll, you shall seek them, but shall not find them. This is in the Bible. Okay. And then you'll say, I will go and return to my first husband for then was it better with me than now? For she did not know that it was the Lord that gave you the wealth. He's the one that gave you the corn, the wine, and the all. He's the one that multiply your cash bank accounts, your silver and gold, Okay, but instead of bringing an offering and tithes to the Lord, you you go and serve Bell. So somebody said, "Well, Bell, I've never met Bell." Well, if you're in the strip clubs and if you're in the nightclubs and you're drinking and you're altered all the time with drugs and so forth, and you're living a lifestyle of lewdness uh, and you're being intimate with Tom, Dick, and Harry, well, that's practicing Bell. You're, you're, you're worshiping that God. So therefore God said, well, since you did that, you took my wealth that I gave you and took it over to another God. Hell, this is what I will do. Hello. I will return. This is in the word of God. Hosea's second chapter. Take away my corn, my wine, my, my wool, my flax, 
everything. I'll take everything out. Matter of fact, I'll let her lewdness. So many politicians, all of a sudden, they look like they're so great. And then you'll see in the newspaper where they have pictures of them doing things that are just unspeakable. And this is because in many instances, they have turned away from the creator God that gave them the position and the wealth. So God will expose you. He'll let your lewdness uh, come out in front of your lover so that nobody want to touch you. He'll stop your joy and your mirth because why? You were so busy worshiping other gods. So he'll take it away. He'll destroy your vines and your fig trees. Uh, like a lot of um, people will work so hard and they make work their God. <laughs> their, 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 their goals and objectives and have no time for the Lord. And the very thing that you've worked for, God will take it away. He'll allow it to wither and die. So this is the state of what will happen to any believer that have made a decision that you are not going to be a faithful and loyal uh, servant, child of the Lord. And instead, practice having many gods, which the Lord calls whoredom. These are the consequences. Now, over in Psalms, the 80th uh, chapter, and it says here about what do we do? Well, of course, we start crying out when we start experiencing all this horror or when we start being sick and afflicted and don't even understand why, uh, where one day we were virile and muscular and beautiful and fine. And now we look like some old, old person and we're only 38 years old and you look like you're 62 yeah, then we start crying out to the Lord. Psalms 80 says, give ear, O shepherd of Israel, that thou leadest Joseph like a flock. Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. So it takes all of that, all of that sorrow and despair and pain and wilderness. It takes all of that for us to realize that the goodness of the Lord is what we have been living through, that we threw away, had no respect, no appreciation for the blessings of God. And now we go back to him. We say, oh, Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry against the prayer of your own people? So we then know that God is not listening to our prayers. And he said he would turn away. Hmm. So, you know, you give us bread of tears and tears to drink and all we do is cry and you make everyone hate us and our enemies laugh among themselves about us. Cause you'll, you'll know when people are picking at you, though you can feel it. And, and you know that at one point you were so revered. How did you get to the position now of being like low life? How? Because you refuse to honor the Lord to worship him, to appreciate him, to acknowledge him. That's why. And so again, we say, turn us again, O God of hosts, cause thy face to shine upon us and we shall be saved. Amen. Return, we beseech you, O God of hosts. Look how we're finally recognizing who he is. Look down from heaven, know where he lives. Behold and visit us again, this vine the vineyard which thy right hand had planted. You know, you planted us, you made us strong. We realize now that it is you that made us strong, but now we are being consumed. 
with fire and despair. So, Lord, please turn us again, O Lord God of hosts. Cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. And the Lord will respond to that in Psalms 81. He responds and he says, Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee, O Israel, if thou will hearken unto me. There shall be no strange God, okay? There shall no strange God be in thee. Neither shall thy worship any strange God. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. And Egypt for you and I is bondage. When you were in bondage, okay, to drugs, to disobedience, to rebellion, to vagabondism, okay, Um, pornography, all of that is chains of bondage, bitterness, rape, uh, just so much. Drugs, um, gangs, bondage. So it is God that brings you out of the land of Egypt. So open your mouth wide and I will fill it. That's what God said. But my people would not hearken to my voice. And the church, the bride of Jesus, Israel, would have none of God, would not listen. And so here's what God said. So since you wouldn't listen, and I'm reading from Psalms 81, verse number 11, but my people would not hearken to my voice. Israel would have none of me. So I gave them up until their own hearts lust, and they walked in their own counsel. Okay. Uh, But had they hearkened unto me and walked in my ways, I, the Lord God of hosts, I would have subdued their enemies. I would have turned my hand against their adversaries and the haters of the Lord. I would have submitted them, but they didn't want that. I would have fed them, God said, with the fineness of the wheat and honey. I would have satisfied them, but they did not want me. This is how God feels. Is God feeling this about you? Have you, do you, the believer today, the remnant today, do you have so many gods that even though you walk around saying that you love God, you have other lovers, other gods that you have in front of the creator God, the God that will, his grace will redeem us or has redeemed us? Because at some point, there's a payment for that kind of behavior. Second Timothy, fourth chapter, it talks about how, you know, once God uh, has redeemed us, right? Uh, this is what you and I have to do. Like you see me doing right now today. We're to preach the word. What's the word? The word of salvation, the gospel that uh, the Lord has prepared a way for uh those that are lost, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. And even though there'll come a time when um, people that hear the word will not endure sound doctrine, they'll go again after their own flesh, after their own lust. That's what that's called holotry, even again. Uh, they'll do that. They'll turn away their ears from the truth. And they'll uh, they rather hear fables. They rather hear about success. 
or they're, they're rather here about uh, positive attraction. But what about uh, no sin and moving towards righteousness? They don't want that. So over in Titus, uh, first chapter, it talks about 15 verse unto pure, all things appear unto the pure hearted. All things appear, right? But unto, unto them that are defiled, unbelieving, nothing is pure. Because their mind and their conscience is defiled. And this is why they profess. And this is what I'm cautioning us today. You know, we're professing that we know God. Oh, the Lord is good. And he did this and he did that. We're professing that we know God, but in our works, we deny him. And God views that as holotry, as adultery, as whoredom. This is from God's perspective. Being abominable, disobedient, and unto every good work, reprobate. <laughs> so how do we become the faithful wife? the faithful servant, the faithful reprobate. No, not reprobate, remnant. How do we prepare ourselves to be the bride of Jesus? Well, we have to be sober. This is in Titus, the second chapter. Temperate, sound in faith, charity, patience. Uh, we are to behave holy, um, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. Uh, we're to teach others to be sober and love their husbands and love their children. We are to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good and obedient. Um, we are to show ourselves a pattern of good works and showing uncorruptness and gravity and sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, exhort our servants and our workers and employees to be obedient and our children. Uh, and we are to do good work. Amen. Uh, good fidelity, uh, adorning the doctrine of God. Why? For the grace of God that brought salvation to us. Well, they're going to see it through you. So, and that, and, and the grace of God, what it does, it empowers us to deny ungodliness and the worldly lusts. So, at the end of it all, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Amen. Because we're looking for that blessed hope. We're looking for the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify us unto himself as a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Amen. So why are we living this good life? It's not to benefit us. Amen. We're living this good life because we are exemplifying the grace of God. Amen. We're exemplifying that our hope is in this great God. Amen. That there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and unjust. And so we are showing by how we live that we have faith. Amen in what God has done for us. Literally, he did it from the foundation 
uh, before the foundation of the world when he uh, when the lamb was slain and the lamb uh, blood is what we have to overcome all things of this world. Uh, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are now empowered to no longer operate and live under the spirit of holotry. So saints of God, those that are listening today, and you know you go to church and, and you're doing all you understand, but you must also admit that you have some of these gods hiding around that you have not yet let loose. So today I'm going to pray for us, Radio Land, those of us that are trying and those that have never tried. I'm going to pray today that God empower us. Lord, we come to you today saying we want to escape to heaven, Lord. And when we say that, God, we mean we want to be with you in spirit and in truth. We want to exemplify you upon this earth to those that are looking at us and trying to figure it out, God, because Jesus has made us peculiar, Lord God, righteous, a royal nation, Father, uh, where we can serve as priests, intercession for those that cannot ever find you, and then also as royal, God, where we can declare and decree and create the environment of heaven here upon earth. So, Lord God, today I look up to you, Father, with humility, and I ask you, Lord, to have mercy, Lord God, upon all of us, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. Extend your grace even the more, God. Oh, Father, you said that you desire that none should perish. And so, Lord, I bring your word back to you, and I say, Father, we don't desire to practice holotry. We desire to make ourselves ready, God, to be the bride of Jesus, to be faithful, God, and just as you are faithful unto us. And so, Lord, we ask that you release the Holy Spirit today to empower us for faithfulness, Lord, unto you, to live righteously, God, unto you, Lord God. We ask you to send your angels, your holy angels, Lord, to minister unto us, Lord. And today, we the remnant and we the that are lost, God. We can only look up to you, God. The world is changing rapidly unto what Jesus said it would be as he prepared to come back to the earth. And so, Lord, we need to be ready. But as we live here on earth, we want to exemplify heaven as it is where you are. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray, God, let it be done. I declare and decree that those that hear my voice will hearken unto your word and your Holy Spirit and will no longer practice you and other gods, but God, we will cling only to you and we expect the blessings, the prevention, the provision, the protection, God, that your presence bring. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. Amen. So I love you, but here's the good news. God loves you much, much more and he really shows you how much he loves you. Amen. Bye. See you next time. Anybody want to see you love once? Mm, yeah.